Hey guys, in today's episode of the Dad Tired Podcast, we're talking about what it looks like for God to use us as the spiritual leaders of our family, even when we feel like God can't use us because of our past. I promise you today's interview is going to be very helpful for you on your journey as the leader of your family. Before we jump into that, I want to tell you two things. Number one, uh, I have a very special announcement regarding our family leadership program. That's going to come in the middle of the episode, so make sure you listen to that. But number two, I want to thank my friends over at FaithFit for sponsoring today's episode every single week, if not every single day, uh, in our Facebook group, our Dad Tired Facebook group. Some guy says, hey guys, I need some help. Uh, When I was a teen or when I was in my 20s, uh, I was way more in shape, and now I just feel like I've lost control of my health, and I need some help getting back in shape. I've actually talked about this in a past episode uh, of the Dad Tired Podcast where we said, I think the episode was titled something to the effect of, should dads, should Christian dads, should we work out, or does God care about my dad bod, or anything like that. So we covered this topic in much more depth over there, but uh, the reason I bring that up is because we actually have a dad-tired family member, like one of the dad-tired guys who's been part of the dad-tired family for a long time. He started a company. He, he helped start this company called FaithFit, and it is so good. There's lots of stuff out there. There's lots of great uh, fitness stuff out there, but oftentimes when you're thinking about getting back in shape and getting healthy, oftentimes it is almost exclusively about your body. Can I get six packs? Can I look good? Can I get back to the way that I used to look when I was younger? What I love about what they are doing at FaithFit and the FaithFit app is they are not just thinking about a spiritual workout, I mean, a a physical workout, but they're also thinking through a spiritual workout. So they have essentially workouts that are based on devotion. So you are meditating on the scriptures. You are thinking about the things of God. You are being led towards Jesus in the middle of your physical workout. You are getting a spiritual workout and a physical workout at the exact same time. The, the, the beauty of it is they're not just thinking about your physical body, but they're thinking more holistically for you, uh, for you as a man, but this can also be done as a family. They're thinking holistically for you as a person. Like, what does it look like that for you to get back in shape physically? And let, let's go through a workout that's going to help you do that. But also, Let's think about how we can get in shape spiritually. Every workout is just 30 minutes. It can be done with just your own body weight. They're constantly, they have a huge library that they're constantly updating. They encourage you through God's word uh, to get back in the physical and spiritual shape that you should be in. I love what they're doing. They've got apps on Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Roku on your phone, wherever you want to go. Anyway, I could go on and on about them. I love what they're doing. Go to faithfit.tv. And they're actually going to give you 30 days for free. You can try it out for free, completely free. Again, go faithfit.tv and you'll get 30 days for free by using the code DADTIRED, all one word. Again, faithfit.tv, you'll get 30 days for free by using the promo code DADTIRED. That being said, let's jump in today's interview with Daryl Strauber. Daryl, so excited to have you here with us today, man. You know, if we Google your name, all kinds of stats are going to come up. We're going to hear all about your accomplishments and all the things that you've done in your career. But a lot of people may not know a certain side of your story that you've been sharing and really the kind of the hardships that you have gone through, the trials that you've gone through to become the man that you are today. So I'm going to allow guys to just Google your name so that they can see all those accomplishments. But I would love, man, if you would be so willing and vulnerable to share in the midst of your success in professional sports, 
what were you experiencing as a man? That's a really good way to start. And I appreciate you for having me on and really being able to just kind of sit down and have a real conversation, you know, what it's really like. And, you know, I think a lot of times people look at you from the standpoint of achieving all earthly things, but I don't think they really know the inside of a person and what happens to people. And, you know, I always come back to the brokenness of life, uh, the dysfunction of my father being a raging alcoholic. And I'm coming home for the last time when I was 14, pulling out a shotgun, saying he was going to kill the whole family. Wow. And I think about had it not been for my mother getting us out of the house, me and my brother, we probably would have killed him that night. So that could have been a tragedy from the beginning. And brokenness is real. Lawlessness brings about brokenness and, and just continue to trickle down on a, a generation of people. I was no different, I think, because I put the uniform on. Everybody thought, well, I should have it all together because, you know, you're being privileged and live behind community gates, makes millions of dollars, and you're hitting home runs, and you're living this grand life. But at the same time, I was toxic and broken on the inside. Uh, I was enjoying myself from a professional standpoint, putting on a uniform, because putting on a uniform just made me a baseball player. It didn't make me a man. Mm. So I need to make that clear so guys can understand. You can see athletes out there on the field or court, it doesn't make them a man because they have a uniform on. They have this athletic ability to do so many wonderful things. I didn't become a man until I met Jesus because mm. that's when the transformation of my life really took place when I started having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But I had to go through all these other different hardships to be able to get to that place. And God always has a great plan for our life. And sometimes we don't know it. We think it should play out one way. And most people thought my life should have played out where I should have been to the Hall of Fame. You know, I should have had this career where I shouldn't have had all these interference with troubles. Well, if I did, I probably would have made me another 70, 80 million dollars playing Major League Baseball. But I would have never met Jesus and I would have never become the man I was supposed to be and who I was created to be. And I think that's the important thing to understanding life. When you do go through so many things, you don't understand why you're going through them through the dark periods. But in the end of my life, um, it has become the greatest part of who I am. And that's because of finding the symbol of the cross and coming to the cross and kneeling myself at the cross and and allowing Christ to you know rescue me, redeem me, and restore me to wholeness. Mm. Man, that's powerful stuff, man. I uh, we, you know we've had a lot of professional athletes on this show, and that's actually a theme that has come up quite a bit. Is what you said, you know, doesn't you can put on that jersey, but that doesn't make you a man. I'm curious, what would you it, just off the top of your head? How would you define manhood? I would define manhood as one who lives according to the biblical principles and who doesn't live to the worldly standards. And you raise your family and your young children in the principles. Don't raise them in the social media and, you know, the atmosphere that they live in today and all the challenges that's going to be there for them. But because if you do raise them in those principles, you will return. They may stray, but they will return because my mother raised me in the principles, you know, but I, I made a decision it's a live a heathen, womanizer, alcoholic, drug addict, sinner lifestyle. But I did return because of her prayers. Mm. And, and I'm so thankful for that. And I think it's important that we get back to, you know, family talk at the table with our kids and turn the television off, turn the cell phones off and the computers and have real talk and real discussions about real life and real things. So our kids can understand that you can pick your sins all day. This is what I tell my kids. You can pick your sins, but you can't pick the consequences mm. that come coming behind them. We all we must remind them the important things of the consequences are real and you have to pay a price for what we choose to pick. Yeah. And just hearing bits and pieces of your story and a lot of the stuff you just described there, the, the mistakes that you made. I know there's so many guys who 
they feel like they've maybe accomplished stuff at work or in their career, or they're trying to establish themselves as a quote unquote man, but they've also got this whole list of failures in the back of their mind, ways that they've messed up and they've sinned and they've fallen short. And so for them to think through like, man, I I don't even know how I could possibly try to lead my family to Jesus or like point them to Jesus. I got way too much shame. I imagine you may have felt that once or twice in your life. Like, how do you go from a spot where you're like, am I even worthy to try to point my family to Jesus? Where now you're a man who's trying to point your kids to Christ. Like, how do you make that shift mentally? Well, it's a process. It's not an overnight miracle. First of all, we need to understand the most important thing that I had to learn more than anything was grace that was given to me I didn't deserve. Mm. And when I started understanding that 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And we have to understand that we're weak and his grace is more than enough for us. So when you can understand grace is something I don't deserve and he gives it to me anyway, that's when you start to make the shift and and the understanding of the importance of who you are as a man. And I think a lot of guys struggle with that because of shortcomings and falling. It's a part of life. It's a part of everything that we're going to deal with, even being successful or whatever. You know, I think so many guys look at, you know, athletes and think they have it all together and they're winning all these wonderful things. But at the end of the day, if they never come to these biblical principles, one day the storm is going to come where the enemy himself is going to show up and he's going to destroy everything around you and your life is going to come unfolding. You know, your kids are going to be in some kind of awful situations that you never could imagine because we don't think about it. And when you start understanding the different people in the Bibles, like Job, he had everything and he was a righteous man. And then the storm came and just wiped out everything. But, you know, the thing about a man like him, he stayed in his character with God. He never left that place with God. And he fought through that and he pushed through that process. And then God ended up giving him a double portion of blessing because he was faithful. And I think that's what we have to learn to be like. You know, I wasn't like that when I was young and playing baseball and I had everything uh, you could say from an earthly standpoint, but I had nothing from a living standpoint. And it wasn't until the biblical principles became a part of my, my daily life, you know, and I think you have to be able to allow God to be Lord over your life and and rule and reign over your life and and walk a different way. You're not going to have a lot of friends when you start walking this way. Just trust me. Mm. It's not going to be the same situation where guys going to pat you on the back. Everybody's going to scatter when you start living this way. But this is the most satisfying reward that one gets when he does live this way. It might not look at like it at the beginning, but as you continue to go through the process, you will realize the importance of your life, the way you live your life is going to have a tremendous amount of effect on your kid's life. Mm. When was that switch for you? Like, when did that take place where you were living and you're successful, you're doing your own thing, you're, you're kind of living it up. And then when was there the moment that you said, man, I, I'm not living the way Christ has called me? Like, when did he draw you back to himself? It was about 18 years ago when he drew me all the way back in, you know, and I accepted him in 91. I had to relationship of accepting Christ, like most of us do, we come and accept it, but we don't get the discipleship and we don't experience the fullness of who we are in Christ. We only experience that moment of coming down and having this moment. Now, what do I do next? Yeah. And, you know, the Bible makes it clear about how my people perish because of lack of knowledge, no understanding. So I didn't have any understanding. So I went on another run for the next, what, 15 years of my life and mm-hmm. in, in a dark place, uh, brokenness, despaired place of emptiness. And then 18 years, about 18 years ago, my wife, Tracy, 
ended up leading me back to the Lord. You know, I mean, she ended up pulling me out of dope houses in South Florida and, you know, I was wow. shooting dope, smoking crack and just wanted to die. And I said, "Won't you and that God just leave me here and let me die. And she just said, you're not, you're just not that lucky. So <laughs> at the end of the day, at the end of the day, God always uses people to help people. And that's what we must always remember. Hmm. And I got led back into church through her love for Christ and through her love for me. And then God sat me for seven years. Now, see, this is what guys got to understand. There's going to be a sitting period when you go through this process with God. And I think a lot of us wanted that instant gratification, make it happen now. It didn't happen now. This was not overnight miracle, Daryl Strawberry <laughs> on top of the head. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was a process, you know, that I had to go through of sitting for seven years of getting discipled. So the word can be downloaded inside me because when the enemy comes, I know how to fight the enemy. I can't fight him in the natural. I got to fight him in the supernatural. And it's with the word of God. Yeah, man, I think that's such a great point because what I've noticed with a lot of guys, and I, I did this myself when I went through a deep season of crisis, I thought my marriage was going to come to an end. You know, what, what we like to do as guys is like, okay, I've made a mental decision. I'm going to change and let's just get over it. I'm not going to look backwards. I'm running forwards. Stop bringing up the past. And, you know, there's a lot of wives who are like, well, I'm not, I haven't healed from this or whomever you hurt in that relationship and those relationships, they're still hurting, even though you may have made the mental switch, you know, to move on to healing. So I appreciate you saying that that that's not just an overnight thing that you get to kind of move on. And I love the way you said that, that kind of sitting period of being discipled. I think you're right, man, that we make a lot of converts sometimes in the Christian community, you know, say a prayer and now you've crossed the line. You're good to go. You get your pass to heaven. But I think sometimes we miss that discipleship piece, which is just so critical, man. I really appreciate you sharing. Do you have any thoughts on on that? Just that? Yeah, that's, you know, that's the most critical part of of us, you know, to develop into who God wants us to be because he had created us from the beginning. And we've got away from that because we got consumed with all these earthly things and these sinful ways, you know, let's just keep it real, you know, and and that's what keeps us separated and make us go into these different lifestyles we go into and become this different person. And it's not until we come back and we submit ourselves. You know, I tell people all the time, well, how do you get there? You got to be persistent and you got to surrender. And what does that mean? That means you're going to have to spend a lot of time alone by yourself. Mm. So God can do the surgery on you. Yeah. It's just like going in and, having cancer like I had twice, you know, they had mm. to cut me open mm. to get the cancer out to do the surgery. It's the same thing that God has to do on us too. As a man, he has to cut us open to get all the yuck out yeah. and all the junk that we got in our trunk that we have carried in to our relationships, our homes before we ever come to this biblical place and learn how to have a real foundation and live according to the principles. Because it's so cool once you learn how to live according to the principles. It's not hard. Because I think a lot of times we think it's hard because that means I'm not going to have fun. I have more fun than I had <laughs> when I was a sinner. You know, and I think we underestimate who God is and we look at fun as being, well, I can't no longer hang out with guys and party and stuff like that. No, you don't no longer hang out with that kind of lifestyle. You live a different lifestyle and you surround yourself with a different group of people who live just like you and think the same way you do. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the interview with Daryl so far. We got a lot more great stuff to cover on the back end. I just want to interrupt for a second and tell you about a really cool thing that we're doing for the next three days. So if you're listening to this on the day this episode comes out, which would be Monday, March 22nd, 2021, if you're listening to it today, 
uh, or the next two days, so the 23rd and the 24th, we are going to have a deal for you for our family leadership program. Normally, every month we open the family leadership program for a week. You can sign up after you've been on the wait list. We let whoever was in on that wait list first jump into the program. Uh, we always have more guys on the wait list than we can let in. We purposely keep these groups small so they can be really intimate uh, and I can just give you my full attention. That being said, uh, I love you, the podcast listener. I personally think you guys are the most engaged out of everyone that we have. So we have some people engaging on Instagram or on Facebook or wherever on social media, they read the book or whatever. But I just think that you guys, the podcast listeners are our most engaged audience. And so I want to just give you the ability to jump to the front of the line. Okay. So if you want to be part of our family leadership program, you don't want to be on the wait list. You don't want to wait to, to get into the next cohort. We're going to allow you for the next three days to just jump the front of the line and we're going to give you a discount. All right. So this is the, a big discount that we're giving and we're allowing you to jump to the front of the line to do this in the next three days. So if you're listening Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the 22nd, 23rd or 24th, you need to go to dadtired.com forward slash jump the line. All one word. Again, dadtire.com forward slash jump the line. You don't have to do a wait list. You don't have to wait. You don't have to uh, wait for us to give you a, tell you that it's time to jump in. You don't have to wonder if there's enough room for you. You can jump to the front of the line and immediately sign up for the family leadership program and you're going to get a discount. Uh, we've never done this before, but again, I, I just really believe that you, the podcast listener, are most engaged and I want really engaged guys in this program. So again, dadtire.com forward slash jump the line and you can get in right now uh, for our next cohort. I love you guys. Hope you're enjoying the interview. Let's jump back into it. When your wife, you know, met you in that, when you're in the middle of your drugs and all that stuff, where, did you have kids at that point? I had kids. Yes. And I was, uh, I was separated from my kids because of my lifestyle yeah. and my kids always loved me. They always knew me, but they were young when I was playing baseball. They wasn't old enough to know, you know, the lifestyle that I was going through. So, yeah. you know, knock on wood, that helped me too. But, you know, the relationship was kind of broken and, and we went through some, you know, real challenging times. But after I crossed over and came back and started living a different life and, you know, the kids came back into my life and they saw me as a different person. And I'm grateful for that because everybody always talked to my kids. They say, well, did you see how great of a player your dad was? My kids go, no, I never seen how great of a player he was. But I hear everybody talk about that. They said, well, he was this great baseball player, but my daughter's be going, well, my dad, he's a preacher now. He's not a baseball <laughs> player anymore. So I know him as a different person. So I, yeah. I like the person who he is. Yeah, that's awesome, man. For the guy who's listening right now and the Holy Spirit's tugging at his heart and he's just like, man, I've been in the wrong spot. I've been doing stuff I know I shouldn't be doing. Maybe I'm not leading my family the way I know I should be leading. And God is drawing me even in this moment to start to lead my family well, but I just, I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know, like, is my wife going to think I'm just a phony? Are my kids going to think I'm a phony? What do you say to that guy? Well, I just say to that guy, relax, first mm -hmm. of all. And the first step you need to take is give up the ego. I think that's mm -hmm. what really kills us more than anything. Ego is this three-letter word, ego, easing God out. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. We ease God right out instead of letting God in and letting him show us how to live and love and be a good husband and be a good father. I, I think that that most of us missed that because we didn't grow up under that. So a lot of times we don't know what that looks like. Yeah. And we think, we think, oh, well, that's kind of weird. People grow up like that. No, that's the real way of growing up that we miss and we enter ourselves into all these worldly things and we see all these worldly things and we think that we want that instead of tasting and seeing that the Lord is good 
And then we get all these worldly things and we're still empty on the inside because it, it can't fill that empty void on the inside. I think that's what so many guys struggle with. We struggle with trying to fill that empty void. And if they could just go to the book of Ecclesiastes and read about King Solomon and he'll mm. tell you the wisest, richest man of Jerusalem land and had everything. But he'll tell you at the end of the day, he'll, he'll say it's meaningless under the sun without God. It means nothing at the end of the day, he says. He says, because you're going to die and somebody else is going to come. Another man's going to come along and he's going to take what you have and he didn't deserve it. And that's the, (laughs) that's the scope of life. You know, that we miss out of seeing that this window of time is a short time for us. Uh, Make the best out of it, follow the principles, live according to them. And it doesn't mean that we have to be a Bible thumper or thumping people over the head. That's not what it's all about. It's about you making a commitment yourself so you can learn how to love your family. God, shows us how to love our family, how to love our kids. And I think that's what's so important for guys to be able to understand. Yeah. How many kids do you have, man? We have nine together. My wife has three boys and I have six. And my youngest one, she's the youngest, uh, our last one in college. She's at Boston College. And we've had some beautiful kids. They've all taken a different road than than we had to go through and experience. And I think it's because we live a totally different way. And I think that's so important for Guys, to understand, if you live a totally different way in your household and you love your wife the way Christ loved the church, your kids will see that and they will respond in a different way. Yeah. I think there are a lot of guys who they say they're Christian men, they love God, they're going to church, they're doing all the things the church tells them to do. But kind of in the back of their mind, they're thinking, really what I want my kids to accomplish is like, I want them to, you know, get through school. Okay. I want them to probably go to college and get a good job and have a nice house and be successful. I want them to be happy and healthy and taken care of. I know you have, uh, I've heard you talk about your desire for legacy for your kids. Like when you think of legacy, I don't think you're thinking of, I just want them to have a good house and make sure they're healthy and they've got all the things that they want. I think your legacy is kind of a deeper share with me and our audience, like when you think of your kids, what are you thinking of in terms of legacy? Yeah, man, it's so incredible because, you know, I get chills when I think about it because my mother left a legacy for us that Jesus is Lord. And and I think that's the legacy I want to be able to leave for my kids when I cross over out here, that Jesus is Lord, that you would follow these biblical principles and let him be lordship over your life and let him just rule and reign over your life so you can have the peace that you need and then the understanding of who you are and why you're here and the purpose of life. I I think so many of us get caught up into, we want them to have this great life here, but they will have a greater life if he's Lord over their life because they will learn how to walk and learn how to live. And they will save themselves from some of the struggles that we had to go through if we can leave that legacy for them. And I think that's what men need to get back to thinking about because we're living in a time where our kids are being consumed with all this, be this, be that, and be that. And there's so much pressure. And when they don't have that, then they fall into all the other traps because the enemy has this big trap door waiting for them if they don't know God. And I think it's so important that we start educating our kids back you know, what's really important is a relationship with God himself. Yeah. As a dad who has more children than I do, and you've got more skin in the game than I have, you got more years of experience than I do at this point. You know, one thing I struggle with is I want my kids to love Jesus more than anything, right? I I want more than all the stuff. I want them just to love the Lord, their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's my desire for them. And yet part of me knows 
and this is where it's hard for me, is part of me knows that they can't just hear about my love for God and then they fall in love with God. They have to experience God themselves. They have to have a relationship with God themselves. And what I'm, I guess what my struggle is, or like where I just like, it, it worries me, but I trust the sovereignty of God is I know that most likely they're going to have to experience that in some kind of pain. They're going to have to go through something where they realize they are not a good God and they need a better God to surrender to. I mean, as a guy who's got more skin in the game than me, what are your thoughts on that? Well, we have to let them go through that process and we just have to be there for them in the loving way that we are. And like I said, we don't thump the Bible over the head. We let them see us live it. And what I mean by that, my kids have got a chance to see me and my wife live Christ. They see that we go to church every Sunday. You know, we don't miss. We're involved. You know, my wife is involved during the week. That's our life. Our life is built around the gospel of Jesus Christ in, in such a way where the kids can be able to see it. And yeah, do they go through their struggles? Yeah. When they go through their struggles, we tell them, well, we always hear, I guess, you know, our door is always open for the return to come back to have the conversation, what you have to do, you know, because yes, they're going to fall. They're going to run into the wall and they, they, they're going to slip and pop their heads a few times, but we'll still always be here to catch them because we live a certain way. And that's the thing they love about us. They know we live a certain way when we grow to families family events and stuff. We don't compromise our life and walk. We go around our family stuff. They know we don't drink. They know we don't do all this. We don't act wild and crazy and say, well, we love God, but we're still living this way. So I think that's what they recognize more than anything. It's the way we live our life in the public eyes and the perception of family and friends and stuff like that. And our kids watch us and they see us and they see others, you know, and the families that may not be where they at with, in their relationship with God, but they know where we're at and they know what we stand and they know when the party starts to get a little crazy, they know that me and Tracy are about to pack up and we're about to get out. You know, we're about to head home because that's not our lifestyle anymore. Yeah. My wife is an oncology nurse and uh, she has had the honor of walking people into their final moments of life hundreds and hundreds of times over the last 15 years. One thing that she tells me often is the things, the conversations that people are having in those last moments. And she always says, I wish everybody could hear those conversations because they're so rich and they're so different than our daily conversations as we go about life. All the things that felt like a big deal in those moments don't necessarily feel like a big deal anymore. For a guy that has had cancer, you said two times, and a guy who even you said on the show, you know, just let me die here. If you could put yourself in that moment where you've got an hour left before you get to go be with Jesus and you get to tell your kids one last thing, what do you tell them? I would tell them, stay faithful to God. Everything else is going to come and go. Success is going to come and go. Money's going to come and go. Everything else is going to come and go, but your faithfulness to, to God will last forever. And that would be the final piece of your life is to stay faithful to him, regardless of whatever you go through. And I think we're all going to grow through some things. We are going to see some things because at the end of the day, all of it's going to mean nothing anyway, you know, at the end of the day, in those that last hour or whatever we have there and your faith with God and your walk and your heart to him is really what's going to elevate you to know that, you know, that, you know, I'm crossing over into another place that's far greater than the place I've been living in. Yeah. 
Daryl, I wish I could uh, grab some lunch with you or a cup of coffee, man, on a more regular basis and just pull all the wisdom that I can out of you. But I'm grateful for a few minutes that I got to share with you today and, and get this wisdom out of you. Thank you for sharing with our guys. I know you got a book out that probably goes into a little bit more depth. Tell us about the book. Well, the book, Turn Your Season Around, you know, it's just a season of life that we all go through, especially for guys, you know, and I try to use, you know, the baseball frame of it because you can have your first two at bats and you can go over two, but the game is still on the line. You may come up in the eighth inning with first and second, got a chance to hit a bomb. You know, I've been in many situations like that. And that's why we never dwell on, you know, that 0 for 2. That's why we never dwell on the past. That's why we know what's in front of us. I could turn my season around. And most guys need to understand you could turn your season around regardless of what hand has been drawn for you. You still could turn your season around. All you got to do is believe and not quit and not give up because you don't know the miracle that God has on the other side for you until you go through the fire. He's got to take you through the fire sometimes so he can get you to this very peaceful place where you can go ahead and live your life and do the things that he's called you to do because he created all of us for good. None of us were created for bad. We just make a lot of bad choices, bad decisions, but the good is still waiting for you if you don't give up on your season of life. And I tell people all the time, you might have six months of ups and downs, roller coaster ride, but you got six months left. Anything good can happen in the next six months after those hard six months that you just had. So, you know, life is always going to have its challenges and we just have to continue to believe. I mean, I think the greatest belief that I know is in the book of John, the Bible, where Jesus was like the miracle maker, you know, turning water into wine, feeding 5,000, raising Lazarus from the dead and doing all these great miracles and all these different people in there. He's telling people, you know, that I am the way I am the way to whatever is going on in your life. And he's no different today than he was back then. He is the way John 14, six. He talks about that. I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes through the father except through me. So he's the gateway to everything that we're looking for. If you keep him first and know that he's the way he's going to take you wherever you need to go. Mm. Daryl, you brought me closer to that Jesus today, man. I appreciate you spending some time with us. Thank you, bro. All right. Thanks for having me, bro. Appreciate it. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that interview with Daryl Strawberry. It was so good. Just want to remind you again, if you want to jump into our next cohort on April 1st, you can jump to the front of the line, no wait list by going to dadtire.com forward slash jump the line. That's just for the next three days. So if you want a discount and go straight to the front of the line, go to dadtire.com forward slash jump the line. We'll see you there.